Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display episode, episode 47, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. We had a really funny moment at the beginning of our podcast here, so we almost didn't even make it through the opening. I think that's the first time I've ever watched the opening. And I take no responsibility for watching the opening. So, But, man, that's so much fun. There's no way we're cutting that opening. So, hey, Emmaus, we're glad you're with us. So this is a perfect way to end 2023 and uh, open 2024. Hope you're listening to this somewhere at the end of the year, beginning of the new year. What's up, Jaron? Hey, what's going on? Owen? Man, it's couldn't get Kennedy in. I know, table. it's good to see you over there, too. So we couldn't get Kennedy in here. But uh, we do have two good friends with us today, Brian and Brittany Woodward. Yeah. Hey, guys. Good to have you guys. It's good to have you guys. So, Jaron. Yes. I feel like we've, we've kind of, this is a gift to ourselves at Absolutely. the end of the year to have Brian and Brittany on here. Just Absolutely. huge impacts. And, and I say this. Uh, we've probably been sarcastic a time or two on the podcast, but with complete sincerity, just incredible friends to mm-hmm. us individually, to our families, great picture of the gospel and what it means to be a part of the church. And they would say that that comes with all the struggles and challenges that that includes, mm-hmm. but also the gifts that that includes. And so they're on the podcast today. Uh, one of the goals of the podcast is just to introduce Emmaus to different families in the church and We've got some good uh, interviews lined up for 2024, but wanted to end the year uh, introducing you to the Woodwards, to their family. The the girls are in the other room, so they may barge into the podcast studio at any time. We may have extra guests at some point. So the other part of this, the other reason they're on the podcast is uh, after the Emmaus worship presentation on December 10th, we had several people say, hey, could you tell us more about that narration that, that Brittany did? Mm-hmm. Uh where did that come from? Did she write that? Tell us some more about that. So we want to get the the backstory. So we're going to hear the Woodward's uh, testimonies. You'll have a chance to get to know them more. And then we're also going to talk through uh, just some fun things related to that, that Christmas narration. Okay, excited to do all that. First things first, end of the year, Emmaus, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we have our annual putt-putt challenge coming up on January 2nd. So bring your neighbors. It really is a good event to invite neighbors, friends. It's an easy invite, just getting people to the church building. So we'll have putt-putt holes set up. Two questions for you guys to get started. How's your golf game? And are you obsessed with New Year's resolutions? And those are not necessarily connected. So uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Good, uh, good golf game? You need to take this one, Brian. My golf game is non-existent. How many times have you played golf before? Like real golf? Yeah, like real. No, zero. 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 Putt-putt, though. You're probably a master at that. Um, well, that if you put it loosely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. What do you think, Brian? I mean... Her golf game, yeah, I wouldn't put it very high, but I wouldn't put mine much higher either. <laughs> That's I love golf, but it yeah. is one of those. Yeah, yeah. It, we'll just follow the Cowboys through the playoffs this year. So uh, either they'll win every game by forty, or just get destroyed. Uh, so like, there's just after no way. yesterday's game, it was yeah. not good. Yeah, no, that was that no, was not a good not sign at all. To talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, okay, Brian and I have shared a, a couple rounds of golf together, and we end up spinning. Uh, most of the time separated on either sides of the fairway. Yeah. In the, in Try the to brush. find the golf balls over there. So, <laughs> Trying to get it out of the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To- totally understand uh, that. Yeah. Totally understand that. Okay. So what about New Year's resolutions? Does that fit your personality or just not really doing I'm not it? a fan. It feels like instant pressure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you start your year that way? <laughs> That's not so funny. Fan. Set yourself up for failure. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. Just like how long can I can I make it one day longer this year before I fall flat on my face, basically. 
Yeah. I was listening to a podcast recently all about like goal setting and things like that, and they said apparently the second Friday in January is where goals go to die. I oh, guess wow. like that. They've done all this research with. I mean, it's, it's related to fitness style goals, but all these yeah. different tracking apps and things like that. I guess the second Friday in January is wow. is when the resolution. I'm impressed some people are making it I mean, to the second yeah, Friday. Yeah, we're that celebrating. Like we're celebrating right that. There, like so. that's that's amazing. So <laughs> new yeah. day resolutions. Can we like Ooh, I like, oh, like just shrink it. Yeah. Like, let's just not worry about 365 like days. That. Let's worry about today. Man, gentle expectations. There you right? go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's so profound, Jaren. I love that. I'm not very profound. <laughs> I, I, if that's, uh... No, I, I'm in favor of that. So I'm in favor of that. I listen to these podcasts, and they'll do like their big like goals podcast at the beginning of the year. I'm like, yeah, we haven't done that. <laughs> I don't know that that's part of the uh, the Amaya strategy. Okay, so we'll go from we'll go from there. But sorry, no poor poor transition. I, I think I messed hey, up your transition. That's okay. So it's, it's, okay. it's it's quite all right. I messed up the opening of the podcast too. So go well, for it. We did just have some fun, but let's <laughs> let let us learn a little bit about our friends in the room today from Brian and Brittany. And so Brian, maybe let's start with you and uh, just share with those listening. Tell us about uh, your testimony of God's work in your life. Like things like where did you grow up? How did you come to faith in in Christ? And uh, just kind of work through some of those things. And let our people hear that from you. Sure. Yeah, so for those that don't know, I did grow up as a missionary kid, so grew up in Mexico, Chiapas, Mexico, and so, you know, seeing your parents walking out their faith, living out their faith, being involved in ministry, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I came to faith at a really young age, and so it was kind of just growing up, being Mm -hmm. a part of that, Um, and yeah, we grew up Chiapas, Mexico, further south you could go in Mexico, bordered Guatemala, so. I was about to ask, I need some geography. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, if you look uh, at where the Yucatan is. The state just south in Mexico. Okay. That's but, where I grew but up. right up against the border there. So right up there with Guatemala, even though I never made it to Guatemala, which oh, is wow. kind of funny. Yeah. We lived right there. Yeah. Never crossed over the border. Um, but yeah, so grew up, you know, Christian home, uh, involved in ministry, all that. And then I got to um, you know, went to Christian college and then once I graduated, got out into the workforce and actually met uh, an atheist at work. We started taking some walks and I mean he started asking questions. He knew the Bible really well, started throwing all this stuff at me. And I just quickly realized, like, I don't know these answers. Mm. And so it was kind of a big moment for me of just realizing, you know, I'd grown up with my parents' faith. I hadn't taken ownership of that faith. And so. And this is happening 22, 23, 24 years old? Like, where, where are you at? In like, yeah, it was around. Right, yeah. right after college. Yeah, there, right so. out of college. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so it just kind of led to this, you know, season of trying to flesh out what do I believe? Why do I believe it? Uh, digging into apologetics, theology, you know, things like that. Um, and so, yeah, so they really brought me into a, a season of actually taking ownership of that faith and really then having that foundation to be able to then move move forward. So it was a huge momentum shift. I think that was probably one of the biggest moments spiritually in my life to just yeah. be able to take that ownership. What were some of the, do you recall any of the in particular resources or books? I mean, the, you know, I'm a big Tim Keller Tim fan. Keller, like yeah, Tim yeah. Keller was one of my favorites and his book, The Reason for God, like that was the first book that I really went to and dug into. And it kind of, the way he took such huge theological items and broke them down and made it accessible, like it really, really helped me. So that was one of the biggest ones. I think, I think to hear you share that, Owen, you can hop in here at any time, but I think that is a really like a normal situation for a lot of folks. And for some people that can be kind of scary, hmm. but 
it's actually a, a well, it's like a welcomed invitation. Yeah. It's not something to be afraid of. And right. so um, I, I assume through that your faith grew and uh, pressed on in those things. And uh, uh, that's, that's really cool to hear. Have um, you read uh, Colin Hansen's new biography on no, Tim Keller? It's, it's on my list. I'll put that on high on your list. I haven't yeah, read it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, you'll it's really, really good. Yeah, you'll really, you'll really enjoy that yeah. for sure. Jaren and I have been talking about this question. I, I shared with Jess, or with Jaren the other day, um, and it has to do with just kind of leadership and life in general. When something happens, we, we learn to ask the question, what does this make possible? Mm-hmm. So your plans get blown up, expectations get blown up, you know, just life happens, something doesn't go the way you want, and we, we learn to ask the question, what does this make possible? So you have... A situation that you don't see coming. This atheist, yeah. you know, coworker steps into your life. Some people, to Jaren's point, you know, that's debilitating. You run away from it. Or what does this make possible? And I yeah. can grow. Mm-hmm. I can learn. You know, yeah. in ways I wouldn't have learned before. So that's cool. How long were you like? Were you born in the states, and then your family moved? Like, give us a little bit of yeah. timeline. I'm just curious. Yeah. So born in Amarillo, Texas. So I am a Texan living okay. in Oklahoma. Because my wife is from here, so that's how I ended up here. And we don't want to live in Amarillo. No, no, nobody wants to live in Amarillo. <laughs> Sorry to our friends in Amarillo, which I, I do have friends in Amarillo. My parents so, are listening yeah. to this, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sorry, Brian's parents. <laughs> so, yeah, so born in Amarillo, Texas. Um, lived there until I was six years old. And then that's when we went to be on the mission field. And so we actually went to Costa Rica first. Okay. That was the language school. Went there for a year. And then we went to, to Mexico and lived in Mexico for 12 years. Until it was time to come back for college. Uh, take a slight turn here. Help the the foodies listening to sure. to the podcast. <laughs> you you've you've brought me along this journey as well. <laughs> Share with the good people where they can get some really good Mexican food in the city. Taco Bell, yeah. Taco Mayo. Now listen, I, I'm one of those people, I will eat just about anything. Yeah, I don't so, discriminate. Like yeah. my wife knows I will eat Taco I, Bell. I That's, right. That. That's right. That's right. But yeah, but I have been on the search for like. The most authentic pastor tacos. So those are my favorite in Mexico growing up. Yeah. And so I was looking around and what I found this that? place. So give, give some context. So yeah, pastor tacos. So it is a um, a pork, but yeah. it's actually they put it on this spit. Like mm. if you ever see those spits with a flame behind it. Kind of like a gyro uh-huh. gyro thing. Very in the similar. Greek world. Okay. And so it'll be sitting there and it spins. It has that flame behind it. It's a nice char on it. Yeah. And they put some pineapple on the tacos oh, with man. it. Like it. It's a spicy pork. Mm. It's my favorite. So, been looking for one of those. I always find them, but they were never like the shaved coming yeah. off that spit. Mm-hmm. Finally found a place. <laughs> now, I'm going to have to probably spell this out somewhere. We'll put it. That's okay. We'll put the show notes. Yeah, we'll send it out <laughs> there for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a little bit difficult. <laughs> we, might, we might even we get, get a, little, a little sponsorship hey, of the podcast here. So, go. today's podcast sponsored by La Michoacana. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's actually La Michoacana, but you have, it has NG on the end. Now, it's funny because if you look up just La Michoacana, it'll direct you to a meat market. Yeah. So you have to have the NG. To get the restaurant. Don't have any idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Where are we at in Oklahoma City? So that is us? Northwest 23rd. And there's a cross street that I can't think right now. So I'll have to figure out where exactly That's that is. That's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll direct people. Meridian, MacArthur, it's going out that direction, yes. correct? Yes, yes. So you're getting out pretty far west. Well, yeah. to us, pretty far west. Yeah. 20, 25-minute yeah. drive from here. Okay. Probably. Yeah, okay. it's not, not too bad, but not it's worth it. it. It oh, is worth it. Well Jared worth and I have both been there. So yeah. Oh, you've yeah. been there? I've been there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got yeah. the invite too. So. Oh, very cool. It is, it's the best. I mean, that is the closest the you can find to what I had where I grew up. Well, Brittany, I don't know that we can top Mexican food. Yeah, I but... grew up here. And I, grew up here so I have nothing to give you. Sorry. But why don't you kind of take over and 
share a little bit about you, your own story, yeah. and you might include a little bit how you and Brian met and uh, learn a little bit about that. Yeah, we actually have very similar faith stories, I feel like. So I've grown up in OKC my whole life, um, Christian home. Honestly, like I come from one of those families where there just aren't unbelievers. You know, you have to like mm-hmm. really look through the family tree to find someone who who hasn't spent their whole life in, in the church and in relationship with Jesus. And yet... Um, so my defining moment, Brian kind of talked about his, mine was, um, shortly after Lainey, our oldest was born. So this was 2011. We were so young. I think I was 24 when she was born and, um, we had recently been involved in a church split and had Lainey and I had really severe postpartum depression after Lainey was born. And, um, you know, I'd quit my job to be home. So there were all these things happening. I'm suddenly out of daily community with other adults. I'm home trying to figure out how to be a mom. I don't have the church community and uh, just wading through this depression. And I just kind of shut down. Like I had nothing to Mm -hmm. offer. It was a very dark season for us. Um, And that was kind of the same time that Brian was going through this experience at work. And that really spurred him to research. He was reading all the time and and listening to sermons and podcasts. And um, he was he was doing it with the motivation of trying to reach this coworker. But also he was like seeing faith and the gospel with this totally fresh Mm. perspective. Um, And I think because of our backgrounds, it's such a beautiful thing to have the legacy of faith. But also you realize there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pride that can come in with that really Mm. easily that you don't realize. Like I've been a Christian my whole life. I know the Bible. I've got this down. And I think we both started to realize we really had more of a works based view of our salvation and our faith. So that season was very much my husband preaching to me, essentially. We didn't have a church home. Um, so it, we just started to really see faith with with different eyes at that point and started to see this is not um, something that something that we're doing. I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to put words to it. it. It was such just a tremendous shift for us in our lives just to realize we'd always made everything all about us Mm -hmm. I think is what it comes down to faith was about us and what we could do and um just to see things differently we if you've ever like talked to us about this much you'll probably hear us joke that we're Bapticostals because we both like we have AG background assemblies of God like we had the Pentecostal upbringing and then um through studying Brian came to me one day and was like hey I think maybe we're Baptists and I was like how dare you what is wrong with you we're not Baptist. And um, anyway, we ended up here at Emmaus because I met Amanda through the Classical Conversations co-op and just really loved Amanda. And I saw that she was a real person. And we were like, hey, let's let's give the church a try. And actually, Owen, I don't know if I ever told you through this conversation as as we were trying to almost like wrestle with our faith and make it our own and looking for this church for our family to land, we kept saying, man, we just need a balance of spirit and truth. It feels like everywhere we go, it's either all spirit or it's all truth and we can't meet in the middle. And one of the very first sermons you preached when we came oh, to wow. visit was about the yeah. balance of spirit and truth. <laughs> it, like Brian cool. and I just looked at each other like, did we just find <laughs> yeah. our place? Like we That's just awesome. found it. So, so that was how we ended up here. And then, yeah, I guess I left out. We met in college. Um, we both went to Bible college in Waxahachie, Texas and uh, met there. And yeah, 
got Walks married. Walks Walks Waxahachie. I know. I forget yeah. about that. Well, my aunt and uncle live in Corsicana, so yeah, just yeah, down yeah. the road. Yeah. So yeah. I've been to Waxahachie multiple times. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. From uh, Amarillo in Oklahoma City yeah. to Waxahachie yeah. and now to uh, yeah. south, back to South OKC. So so I love that. All right. So let's back uh, go back a couple of weeks to Emmaus Worship Christmas and everything going on there. Uh, I know you've heard this and, and, and you're in a place in life where, you know, obviously we still worry about that pride, but, you know, God's done some good things in your life. And yeah. so we can say this and and to you, just like it was it was so truth filled. It yeah. was inspiring. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It was just it was amazing. People are like, hey, where'd she get that? And I was like, I'm pretty sure she wrote that, you know, like with the help of the Holy Spirit and a lot of influences we're going to hear about. Yeah. So maybe start, Brittany, by walking through what's the backstory to writing that narration? Did did Jaron reach out to you? And then what was the process for, for writing that? Yeah, yeah. So Jaron approached me a while back and asked if I would be interested in doing some writing. And um, I appreciate that he he kind of gave me the basic outline. So I had the scriptures that were gonna be referenced. I, I knew the songs that were gonna be included in the program. So I kind of could get the feel, but Jaron was really gracious to just say, I want you to just pray about it and I want you to read the scripture and I just want you to do what the spirit leads you to do. And I, and I want you to have total free reign here, which was gracious and terrifying if we're <laughs> honest. like. Um, so yeah, so that was the backstory and <clears throat> excuse me. I I wish I could say that I had this process. You know, I I, I it, it just didn't happen that way and for me it doesn't usually happen that way in writing. Um, when I first sent the narrations to Jaron, I even texted him like, um, I don't know what just happened. This yeah. isn't what I was planning on writing, mm-hmm. but it's what came out. You're probably going to hate it. It's fine. <laughs> We're friends. You can tell me to do something different. Like I did not, I didn't have that confidence that, oh man, Jaron, I nailed it. You know, it just, I, when I sat down to write, I was just praying about it. And I mean, there's a lot of different directions you can go with that. And there's a lot of weight here too, yeah. that the mm-hmm. topic that we're covering. Um, And I I think the first line that just came to me was, there's something about beginnings. I was just thinking about how the the beginning, you know, the great first line Mm -hmm. of a book, you have to catch your audience with the first line. And I was kind of thinking about that, how the beginning for a skilled writer or a skilled craftsman, they're going to set the stage right there at the beginning and just give you a taste of what's coming. Um, And and once I kind of had that line, it was like it all just sort Mm -hmm. of developed after that. And the, I guess you could say the focus that I really felt like the Holy Spirit was giving me, the message to get across was this idea that Christ coming to earth was not plan B. That even before creation happened, I like to think of parents having the talk like, are we ready for kids? Like, what what is this going to mean for us? What is this going to change? How much is this going to cost? All of these things. And they're having this discussion and then say, it's going to be really hard. But yeah, it's worth it. We want to do this. You know, I kind of imagine Father, Son, and Spirit that way. Like, okay, are we going to do this? Is it worth it? Yeah, of course it is. So they knew from the beginning. I mean, that's radical. I think for me, when I started to get that piece of the gospel, when I first started to realize they knew this was going to happen, right? You know, like I remember thinking as a kid, my girls say it now, oh, I'm so mad at Eve. She screwed everything up, you know, and we're like, you would have too. There was no chance. There was no chance that any of us could have carried that weight and could have adhered to the law. And they knew it. God knew it from the Mm. beginning and he knew what was going to happen. And so Jesus coming 
the fall, the the necessity of him leaving everything to come and rescue us, it was plan A. It was the plan mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And so yeah. that was what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to communicate in that service. Like, yeah. hey, I counted the cost and it was worth it. Yeah. I so think good. something that those listening don't know, we had actually planned only two narrations. And when she initially sent the first rough draft if you call it which was the final draft let's put it put it bluntly uh it was like we read it and we're like there's something more here like so we had another plan for the end of the service we're like that's taking a ticket to the shelf Brittany. would you write a concluding narration no oh, that's pressure. cool yeah <laughs> yeah and and to be honest pretty close to the to the to the you know the day um you know, about a week before. And so she graciously did that. And I think, I think there's a lesson too to learn for us listening when God gives us an opportunity to, to, to do something, to serve, to share a word with somebody is a lot of times you lack the confidence. Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of times it's, it's going to feel like you're on an Island. It, it, you don't have a lot of assurance in the moment within yourself, Yeah. but you still follow through and are obedient and God takes the meager yes. offering that you yeah. have and make something beautiful yeah. out of it. It's really cool. Yeah. Now the way the way God prepares you for that step of faith, all that's going on, who who have kind of been those influences? Like reading, writing, like when you were when I was How much hearing, time do we have? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't have much time. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we're good. We're good. So I was hearing the narration and I thought, like I, I feel like I hear reflections here of things that, you know, I've I've read. So so talk us through. Um uh, your literary influences. What yeah. what is that? What does that look like? I mean, <clears throat> I would just say that I have been powerfully shaped by story my entire life. Um, I've always been just voracious reader, reading whatever I can get my hands on. This is embarrassing. I can even remember as a kid, like going through my mom's little basket of hair products because I just had run out of books to read. And I was like, I wonder what words I can learn from this <laughs> bottle of conditioner. And like writing down the words. I really like, so I just really like words. Yes. I'm just a nerd in that way. Um, but yeah, just um, the idea of story as being formative for us in every way, particularly spiritually, because the gospel is the greatest story and the foundation of what a great story is. If you if you look at fairy tales, you look at mythology, every fantastic story, if you pull back the layers and look at the, the bare bones, you're like, oh, this is the gospel. Yeah. This is the gospel. Uh, there's evil and there's good and there's uh, a prince coming in to save the day. Yeah. And like I've heard people compare it to just boil it all down to kill the dragon, get the girl. That's the essence of the gospel, right? So I think that we all are conditioned to love stories because deep down whether we know Jesus or not even unbelievers like mm-hmm. can I say Harry Potter on you a can. Baptist you're, podcast you're safe. is that allowed we, okay. we finished the Fantastic Beast uh, series as a okay. family last night this is you know, the video. Place, so you're very, you're saying. Okay. You are very uh, this is remember a truly, I, grew, I grew up Pentecostal this is so a judgment free zone Harry you were totally fine it was a curse word when I grew up but um, <laughs> we we read the first book of the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. together as a family and when we finished I was weeping and I just told my girls 
J.K. Rowling knows the gospel. She's clearly not a believer. And yet, look, this is written on her heart. What a beautiful Mm -hmm. example of the gospel story. We all have this deep down inside. So, yeah, just this idea of story being so formative. So it's funny you ask about influences. I don't really feel like my profound literary influences have come other than just maybe the past decade or Mm -hmm. less. Because as I said, you know, this is not a knock to any uh, church culture or I'm not trying to do that. But I did grow up in a very Pentecostal church. Uh, My church culture growing up was a lot more is kind of the occult was getting a lot of, of airtime. You know, there was a lot of concern there. So you know, my mom thought The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was an evil book because she right. didn't know. She sure. didn't know about yeah. Lewis, you know, all yeah. these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, this idea, I think a lot of Christians struggle even with the fact <clears throat> that fiction can be profoundly impactful. Um, and it was C.S. Lewis, so I, I guess, spoiler alert, C.S. Yeah. Lewis he's is going to fit is, in that. Yeah, yeah he's, that he would be in the category yeah. Of, yeah. of formative authors, but he's the one who said that fiction can sneak past the watchful dragons of our minds. So, if you think of this idea, if you're going to a lecture or or you're watching a debate, any sort of um, informative uh, presentation, your guard is up automatically and you're sifting and you're filtering. But when you just start hearing a great story, man, it's like all all your guard goes down. You're in it. You start sympathizing with the character and it just does something to you. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm with dudes here, so I don't know. Have y'all ever finished <laughs> a fiction book and cried? Probably. Yeah. yeah, I have. Owen's I, mean, I have. Sand. When I got to the end of the Weenfeather saga, yeah. oh my gosh. I was just, I was in tears. Like yeah. it was, can yeah. I, do I have time to tell a funny story? You can tell about, a story. Go for it. Okay. Let's hear it. So, so the final book of the Weenfeather saga, uh, we read this maybe five years ago. One of my all-time favorite oh, yeah. series. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Without a doubt. So I'm I'm on the last book, and it's a day where I actually was scheduled for mouth surgery. <laughs> Brian's about to drive me to go have surgery, but I'm like, I'm at the end of my book. I have to finish this book. I'm freaking out what's going to happen. So I'm reading in the car. I'm, I'm like trying to hurry and finish. I finish this book as we're pulling in for surgery, and Brian can tell you, I mean, I was sobbing oh, yeah. in the car. It was so and not uh, about the surgery. No, but I, I couldn't get it together. So I'm trying to fix my face. I thought I did a good job. And I walk up to the front desk to check in. And the lady looks up at me and she just goes, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. <laughs> there, there's going to be anesthesia, I promise. Like, you don't understand. It's, it's the gospel. It's the right. gospel. Um, yeah, uh, so we so, better saga, man. Yeah, that's so good. But I there's love that. just so much power in a great story. Yeah. And I mean, let's look back to Jesus and oh, how he taught story, yeah, that's right? Did, yeah. there, there's just a lot of power in that. So I guess it, when I look back, it, it kind of feels a little silly, like, oh, of course I took that route with this narration, but I didn't intend to. It, it kind of just is what came well, out. Well, too, God has shaped you to be all, this, yeah, you know, all yeah. this time. and so. Well, and just the idea of... I'm sorry. Do I need to nope, stop talking? Keep rolling. Because we're rolling. This I is our. For a long I was gonna say this is our topic. We might need a part two yeah. on this topic. Ooh. So no, keep going for a minute. Yeah, I think good. just. Um, I think as Christians, we forget that God is the ultimate creator, and He created for the joy of creating, right? Because He was all sufficient, didn't need anything. We were not needed. He just wanted to create Mm -hmm. and found so much joy and delight in creating. And if we're supposed to pattern our lives after him, then that is a form of worship just to create. And it doesn't mean 
only writing or painting or all the things that we consider the the areas that fall under the arts. Like if you're an accountant, I'm sure there's a really creative way you can do your job. It can be anything. And if you're looking at the way God created and and this idea of, of the arts, I think we get really stuck on beauty also, which is such such a subjective thing to determine who 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 knows whether or not it's beautiful. But if we're just looking at the way God created, he just brought order. Everything he did brought order, brought order out of chaos. And so that's a really simple way that we can all be creative individuals and worship him in our daily lives just by looking at any situation and thinking, how can I bring order out of chaos? And just remember that it's not... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Superfluous, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I think just so. go with it. Does that work? Owen? To name it? it? Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what's the word that you had to edit out of your I, narration? I had, to take so, uh, out, I had to take out a fancy literary that's okay. word. Yeah, that's, that's, that's head, a, so. Brian and Jaren were like, hey, normal people don't know what that means. <laughs> the idea that beauty that. is not just an add-on. It's not just right. an unneeded extra. It's part of what got... Mm. What is the true, the good, and the beautiful? Exactly. Like that idea. Yeah. And just, so I guess if we're also talking about influences, just remembering that I think we also tend to believe that some people are just naturally creative and some aren't. And there's certainly space for some natural leanings and abilities there, but God is the only one who can create out of nothing, right? We don't have that ability. <laughs> yeah. um, so even our imaginations are formed by what we're taking in. So if you want to be better at something and you want to be more creative, you just put good stuff in. Mm-hmm. And everybody is creating out of their influences. There's nothing new under the sun. We can't do anything brand new. So even just recognizing, <laughs> hey, it's okay for me to spend money to go to a concert and it's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to even take time for myself and and spend money decorating my house, whatever it looks like, just to understand you can baptize your imagination. And if you are not a a super creative person, there are ways that you can really foster that in yourself. And I think you could even argue as believers, we have a responsibility to feed our creative imaginations for the sake of imaging God and creating in our daily lives. And I think going back to what you said on, you know, generations before us and other church, you know, contexts and cultures, all those things you're talking about can be used for really negative, dark purposes. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what a generation before us and other, ter- you know, we're reacting against. Yeah. And understandably, like trying sure. to react against it. The problem is you react, you, what's the old phrase? You throw out the baby with yeah. the bathwater. Yeah. Like you, you get rid of a good gift from God right. because it was being misused in some right. really dark, evil ways. Yeah. And your passion is we have to redeem those things. Those yeah, are Those absolutely. are from God originally. How yeah. do we... How to redeem that. And that's what I love so much about what you're doing. Like, uh, I just think about, you know, listening to the narration, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, it's like you were in the rabbit room, you know, (laughs) there, whatever, like that whole like writing lab and research idea and just all those things coming together. It's it's really neat to see how that, you know, how that comes about. So the, um, man, Jaren. Yes. Anything else you want to add there? I know we I, need to wrap it up. I know heavy pray I do, here in a but second. But I, th- I think we got to go for a part two at some yes, point on this. Like absolutely. I've got all these ideas that are rolling around in my head right now. So, uh, which well, that's the fun of these conversations. You start to have these conversations and get to know people and see how God has shaped them, and then it just starts to roll. We've we've talked about the C.S. Lewis quote before. It may not be a Lewis quote. If you don't know who made it up, you just attribute it to somebody <laughs> you know oh, yeah, long ago. Sure. But I think about this quote. Um, 
uh, that friendships begin when mm-hmm. one person looks to another and says, you too, right. <laughs> you know, like I you I too. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I thought I was the that. And then you find people that connect over these things and it's just so fun uh, to see how God uses that yeah. in our lives. Okay, Emmaus, here's the plan. Jaren is going to pray for us. And then after Jaren prays for us, you're obviously free, you know, anytime, obviously, obviously free to turn off the podcast. <laughs> but what we wanted is also to get uh, Brittany's narration that she wrote for that Emmaus worship Christmas on audio. And so after Jaren prays, she's going to read that. And then um, when she's finished, that'll wrap up our podcast. So Jaren, we pray for us. And then we're going to have Brittany read, and that'll be uh, the end of the podcast. Let's do it. God, we just come before you, and we thank you that you are the creator of all things, and that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the gospel, the best gift. Lord, that in our sin, uh, you did not run from us, but you ran to us to pursue us and redeem and rescue us from ourselves, from evil, to make us new and to understand what it what it means and looks like to live in your good design. And we just thank you for recapturing that for us and uh, rescuing us for that. Uh, Lord, I thank you for other good gifts that you give us, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Word, but also other people. And uh, it, it is truly a blessing uh, to know the Woodwards and, uh, and many others like them here at Emmaus. And so, God, we praise you and thank you for the kindnesses that you bestow upon us, Lord, to know and to be known by people, uh, Lord, that we can look across the table and say, oh, you too, as as, uh, as Owen just mentioned, God. And so, um, Lord, I, I thank you so much for that for that kindness. I, I pray for uh, Brian and, and Brittany just as a couple, Lord, as husband and wife, as, as parents, and uh, Lord, as servants here at the church, God, would you continue to bless them and go before them and... Uh, Lord, give them grace as they move forward here in the next few days, weeks, months, and years of the holidays. And uh, Lord, I just uh, I thank you uh, for what you're doing in and through them. Lord, I thank you for Brittany's gift that you've given her to uh, help me and to help so many others, Lord, to see the gospel afresh and anew through uh, creative writing. And so, Lord, we praise you and thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, Mace. We'll see you soon. And we hope you enjoy uh, this picture of the gospel that will be read. There's something about beginnings, like the first stroke of ink on a fresh sheet of parchment, beginnings whisper of what is to come. And in the teeming hush of this, the very first beginning, all creation whispers, it is good. Soon the characters will take their places, bringing with them all the elements of a great story, exposition, plot twists, climax, resolution. History's greatest story will soon unfold in all its terrible, glorious beauty, and we, we will have our own roles to play in the soaring epic. But here in the beginning, there is simply a holy hush. The setting is laid, along with foundations and boundaries and every good and perfect gift. The morning stars sing together and all the angels shout for joy. And in the middle of it all stand two trees. One, the perfect reflection of truth and goodness and light, and the other, well, Let's just say the other gives the curious impression that this story contains twists and turns we could not even begin to fathom, foreshadowing at its finest. Yes, there is definitely more to this story than first meets the eye, but here, in the beginning, it is good. Before he even grips his pen, a wise author knows where the story is headed. The characters add their own color and quirks to the pages, but the author is not surprised when the story takes a startling turn. 
for from the beginning the author has counted the cost. Before that faded day of death, before the man and woman were exiled to a foreign land, before the breath of life filled and expanded their lungs, even before those first four words of God spiraled out into darkness, bringing forth light and life and everything out of nothing, he knew. He knew how the story would shift there in the garden, how the poetry and prose would bend and warp beneath the weight of sin. And still he chose to write, for he is an author both good and kind. And when our longing for the final victorious chapter is greater than we can bear, we need only to look back at the beginning. For like the first stroke of ink on a fresh sheet of parchment, beginnings whisper of what is to come, and our beginning whispered, it is good, it was good, it is good, and it shall be good. There's something about endings. For beginnings whisper of what is to come, endings whisper of all that's been left behind. Our hearts, even in their brokenness, know instinctively this is not how it's meant to be. We were not created for goodbyes for pain and grief and absence and loss. We were created for eternity, for world without end, for walks in the garden in the cool of the day. And that's where Advent comes in. Advent reminds us that this story has no ending. Advent reminds us that startling turns in the narrative are catalysts, not catastrophes. And Advent reminds us that when seasons, dreams, relationships, and even life itself reaches its natural end, we hold the promise of a greater hope, a final chapter that stretches into eternity, into world without end, into walks in the garden in the cool of the day. For ours is an author both good and kind, and where other pens scratch out the words, the end, his spells out the greatest plot twist of all time. It's just beginning.